0: Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices of practical guitars to a low. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app review us on itunes stitcher iHeartRadio, or google play find our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitarist or on twitter as at guitarist support the show merchandise is available in our threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com, and donate to us via patreon available at patreon.com slash practical Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. What are you doing now, Jim? I know I laugh and you didn't even do it. I'm David.
1: I'm Jim. Meow, 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 meow. This is Mrs. Smith.
2: Awesome. Awesome.
0: I thought that was my cats for a minute.
2: (laughs) You do a very good job. Thank you. Hello, fellas. Hey, Mrs. Smith.
0: Jim, do you want to start us off?
1: Um, Sure. So uh, today we've got with us Mrs. Smith, who is a well-known shredder. um, And uh, Mrs. Smith has been around a while. So we're going to ask, Mrs. Smith, could you tell us a little bit about your background on on guitar, how you kind of. Got started and um got motivated to play guitar and how you got to where you are today
2: uh, sure
1: um i
2: i really came people first noticed me i was playing on the sidewalk i was a street busker out in uh it was initially provincetown massachusetts which is a a lovely seaside bohemian resort town oh yeah i had fallen on really desperate financial times and so there i was uh shredding for my supper and um, and then I had also performed at a, a guitar gods contest in Miami. And some folks were there, uh Ingvey, Malmstein and Steve Vine, a bunch of other really terrific players. And so that that's all started to kind of get some attention for Mrs. Smith. Um but previous to that, uh in the what it comes down to, it's very unusual that um a lady such as I would play guitar in this fashion. I realized, but what it comes down to is in the 90s. I was kidnapped and held for ransom by a Norwegian death metal band and suffered the Stockholm syndrome. And that sounds like, you know, a funny joke. It's not funny. Uh, people laugh at it, but it's not funny. It's very painful. It's very, it's very triggering. I had to bring it up in all my press interviews. I basically go into, a. I uh, I have a kind of, um, a sort of like a, a, a womb room it's basically all pink with soft lighting and cushions. And after this interview, I have to go into that womb room and cry for about, about, well, it's about 10 times the length of this interview. So I'll be in there for about 10 hours well, crying. Oh my gosh. Dreaming, no, we drunk, death metal is a serious problem. I mean, <laughs> climb, climbing the walls and, and I do it um, for you. So I hope you're happy with that. But yeah, so um, that's how it all
1: came about. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: So I, I was, I started, I'd say
0: that's awesome, but
1: <laughs> no, it's not awesome. It's not awesome that you got to spend ten hours in a in a room, um, but it is awesome that you were able to share that with us. Um, but what I what I wanted to ask about is, I saw if, um, one of your videos has a thing where you, you talk about Facebook um, and Facebook Live, and you answer some questions. And one of them was you were in a farm in upstate New York for a little while, and you um, you did some uh, stuff there. I can, I can say this. I grew up on a farm in upstate New York, believe it or not. So, you know, (laughs) I know how bad it can be. And I, I can know about needing a safe area where you need to get away. And that's, that's where the guitar was for me. It was a, it was a true escape. Um, It was, it was either that or go out and smell shit for hours on end.
2: Yes. Or, or, you know, uh, listening to my mother's screaming you know out into the wind or father falling down another flight of stairs and the crash of a whiskey bottle and all that oh, now my how, father, how, my uh, father uh, threw uh, my mother down a flight of stairs ah! now how upstate were you because i was rather far upstate
1: oh ticonderoga so it's um yeah ticonderoga is um two hours south of two and a half hours out of the canadian border
2: well i was just up there recently because i was in montreal doing oh a- okay so I took the train um, all the way to Montreal, which is an eight-hour ride, and it was quite lovely, but it, it did spell reliving you know my time up there, the
1: desolation? Oh, yeah. No. Um, a lot of people, I don't think they can understand. Um, I think listening to some of the stuff you've spoken about were probably you're younger than me, but not uh, not quite as young as David. and um, uh, there's a um, it, uh, being up there at that time um those towns are small really small and really rural and there's really not much you can do so yes it's I
2: I describe it as like um my Antonia on bath salts or if you know little house in the prairie this would be little house inside a terror dome
1: oh god <laughs> I feel yeah I, I I think we probably got some
0: Jim, Jim just, stories yeah, Jim just posted about some of his memories uh, in in you know the farm uh, in upstate New York, where um, he basically did nothing but be a farm person and yeah. uh, milk cows pretty much all day long, and uh, it may have, may or may not have led to him joining the military.
1: <laughs> yeah, it definitely pushed me away. And so you were out in P town, right?
2: Yes, Provincetown. I had um, a friend there, a local comedian. Mm-hmm. And he had a, a mule shed that he had converted into a little painting studio. And he said, well, you know, I love you, Smithy, but, you know, you've kind of run around and you have nothing. Now, I thought I had lost all my money. It just had turned out that the money was safe, but it was in, it, it's hard to describe, but it was in this bank. where, And they had promised me, they said, oh, our our hard drives are underground um, and they can't be, you know, they can't be trifled with or or penetrated by hackers but what happened is because of climate change all of the hard drives got frozen so my assets were literally frozen and I couldn't get any of the money and it was in there and they said we see we see all the money in there but it's we can't get it out of the cable and so while they were thawing the cables I had to shred for my supper and it was scary
1: stuff yeah, yeah i i don't <clears throat> i don't wish busking on anybody when i was overseas in the military um you know i had a wife at home and a house to take care of so i would busk overseas to make money to go out and do things i was over yeah. there
0: i i, I know somebody right yeah i mean i know somebody right now who's busking for for money when they're when uh when work because they, they get paid you know per, per client and so if they don't have any clients they're out busking and uh actually sometimes they do quite well with it but uh,
1: yeah,
2: I think it really shows you if you can hold people's attention or not. Sure. That is true. And it I f- learned a lot about guitar playing just by I just ended up practicing in public. <laughs> God, all the videos that are out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few of them. I don't know if they were uh, during that time. There's a lot of videos on your your um, YouTube channel.
0: Many, many of them are quite yeah. impressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: thank you. thank you. Very impressive. And so that's kind of what we were going to next. So, Dave, you've got some questions. Uh, well, regarding- I, have, I have a ton of questions about, yes. about
0: what you're doing now specifically, but um, I wanted to kind of talk about the gear stuff for a minute. So you use a little Vox 85, right, for for a lot of the stuff. And I've actually seen you using it on bigger stages mic'd up.
2: Yes, that's now, that's, um, I don't have a relationship with them. Not that it matters, but yeah. that is just a little battery-operated Digital amplifier and it has little effects in it. It's a DA5. It's been discontinued, but you can get it. Now, I want to say that the pink one doesn't sound as good as the black one. Now, the black one is the OG. Yeah, the original. Shred rig. So it's been through a lot. It's been around the world. And I, 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 you know, played it in Provincetown, uh, Los Angeles, New York City london budapest so i've trucked it everywhere what's nice about it is it can fit in a suitcase with and you carry on your guitar you check your bag and you can put a wah-wah pedal in there and then you have the delay on the effects or different different sounds but um people were often shocked that all of that sound was coming out of that little amplifier and the tone was uh so And it has one of the channels on it. It just has a kind of a scooped uh, distorted tone that sounds quite good with the wah-wah pedal and the kinds of pickups I was using.
1: Okay. So I got yeah. I, I got another one, Cave. Sure. before we go further, because I want to go into, now we've talked about pedals. I have to ask, so on your EP, there's a there's a song called um, uh, <laughs> Midnight in the Garden of Miku. The Miku pedal. That's yeah. it. I've got to ask you about that. That thing is so, infamous first of all, I've been t- thinking about getting one, and of course, they're not in production anymore, so um uh, you know I mean they're not exactly you know being sold for millions on you know they're not exactly clons on on reverb yet, but um before I went down that road, I have to ask you, have you used it live, and is it can you get consistent sounds out of it? are you no you know I mean? no, you can't. You
2: can't, you can't, you can't play it live. There's too much latency. So, um, what, what happened is, and this is in a little, um, a little narration skit on the EP, um, a drummer that I work with quite a bit, Paul, uh, Paul Amoris, he had, uh, someone had had it at a gig, a guitar player showed up with the Miku pedal and said, dude, you got to hear this, starts playing it. Paul is falling apart. It's so funny. It's so crazy sounding and bizarre. And so he called me up and said, Mrs. Smith, you've got to get this pedal. You've got to make a song about it. And originally I was going to get my piano player and maybe some cats and a green screen (laughs) and just make something up and make it sort of campy and sort of easy and a little bit silly. And then I plugged it in and I began to play this melody. And I thought, well, there's something here. So I recorded it into the computer, but you cannot play with a click because of the latency at the pedal. Right. So I got as much of it as I could in time. And then you have to move the little chunks around to line up with the rhythm. And then I orchestrated the whole song around that melody.
0: You described, was, I think in one of the videos, you described it as painting with with uh, with your audio software.
2: Yes, painting with the little blocks, little MIDI blocks. <laughs> and then you don't have to even know which chord or understand music theory at all. You just say, does this sound good? I want right. it to sound sad. I want this to sound
1: happy, et cetera. Right. I got to say that's probably, having listened to some of the, the stuff on there, there's, there's two songs that I've heard off the EP so far and I'm already in love with it, which is why I'm getting a copy. I'm going to um, buy one. Um, and uh, I've, I've got to ask you again, then because of the painting thing, you brought up the painting thing, Bob Ross. Yes. That's, yeah, we got to ask about that. Cause first of all, I'm a fan of Bob Ross fan of yours. And I'm a fan of Bob Ross, who obviously we, we lost several years ago. Um, the, the video is, Great. It's got some campy moments. It's got some uh funny stuff. You got the telethon thing going on. I, I'm gonna ask you about a person in the video. <clears throat> um somebody in there, I know I recognize her. There was a woman that there's there's like three people, there's two guys on the outside, and there's a woman sitting in the middle. I recognize her from somewhere. Either that or she looks exactly like an actress, I know. Um did were those people you knew, or did did you hire that out? I mean. Yes, that's Annie Golden from Orange Is the New Black. And that's
2: right. Silent Norma. Yes, I knew it. That's yeah. her. <laughs> and she's performed with my band. We did, um, we did uh, a song by Heart. Um, what did we do by Heart? Um, now it escapes me. Um, which song we did? But yes, she got up with my band. She's an incredible singer. Really, ever in New York. Well, she sings on Orange Is the New Black, but. She okay. was in a band called Annie and the Shirts in the East Village. Okay. Um, she's in the movie Hair, the original movie of Hair. And she is has tremendous vocal range, a very brilliant, high, clear rock belt. She's also on Broadway quite a bit, and she's she's really amazing. And so... I asked her if she would be in the video and she was very generous because it was a two day shoot. I mean, they were long days and she was very, very, very sweet to be in that. <laughs>
1: I'll bet. That is a great song. So where did the, where did the inspiration for that come from? I mean, were you watching like PBS and, and it was a Bob rock thing and you said, Oh, I need to do, or how did that come about? I just, well,
2: I had, you know, I had my song cat jam and they say, you know, make music about things you care about, things that you're passionate about. I'm very passionate about public television. I'm very passionate about Bob Ross. And I also saw his his television program as a kind of medication for my extreme anxiety. And now I'm able to avail myself of multiple psychotherapists. I have a whole support team. I'm an incredible um, psychiatrist, who's an MD. I have an amazing therapist who's a PhD in counseling psychology. And then my aromatherapist has an MFA in sculpture and they're all just tremendous. But I realized that my fans out there, a lot of them don't have the resources. They don't even have health insurance. So I, I was thinking, you know, my, my kittens, my fans are crying out to me, Mrs. Smith, I've got depression. I've got anxiety. I can't function. And I thought, Bob Ross, it's free mostly it's on youtube yeah you you had to go to the library the public library sign into the free computer and just get so blissed out you're drooling on yourself until
1: they drag you out of there yeah yeah i first of all you know so i'm not a painter i can't draw a straight straight line with a ruler um you know but when it comes to bob ross i i i guess i get i get the same thing you do from it because it just it's like watching, um, it, it's like the people that listen to um, animal sounds when they go to sleep. For me, it's, it's just soothing to watch him go. And, you know, if you know anything about his backstory, obviously, he, he was an um, Air Force uh, um, to an E9. He retired. He retired to Alaska. Most people, they're like, no, don't send me to Alaska. This guy, you know, he loved it up there. and he, he went there and... Um, Uh, he was originally from Florida. So that was a kind of a, you know, and um, he, he made a decision at that point, leaving the military that he was never going to yell again. And uh, I think that's why he, he's so soothing is because he found a tone of voice. I mean, I, I don't know what you, where you get it from, but I, I know that I feel like when he talks, it's like, I wish I had a dad like that because my father was yellering. (laughs) yeller.
0: It's, it's the tone of voice. It's, it's even the way that his hands and stuff move in the, in the videos. Like there's a whole community of people using him as a relaxation technique. Um, And I mean, I totally get it. And it's, yeah, I I will say um, Bob Ross technique, uh, cat jam, um, all of these songs are well-liked by even my non-guitar playing friends. Um, really? I, I played them yeah. for many of them. And, and my wife, for example, loves the Bob Ross technique. My daughter loves the cat jam. Um, and I, I, my wife showed it to some of her friends and they actually like Bob Ross technique quite a bit <laughs> as well. So.
2: Well, I don't, I don't, it's odd because I don't think if one were to, for instance, sit back and say, well, how could I make a Bob Ross song for the internet that would be a viral sensation? Or how could I write a song about cats that will, you know, catapult me to, you know, internet fame? And I think perhaps I'm just making things difficult for myself on purpose. But I do not believe that Bob Ross, as a song, sounds like what one would imagine a Bob Ross no. rock song to sound. It, there's some. That's there's-
0: why I think people yeah. react the way they do to it because it's very much an in-your-face kind of interpretation of what Bob Ross was doing. And so it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of it and I'm glad that you're doing the, uh, the tutorial series on, uh, YouTube about it too.
2: Yeah. Yes. I'm behind on those. I, I've always run out of steam with those. I've got to get the next one up. The next one. We know about running out of steam with videos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about social media.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Definitely. Um, that's actually how we came we came to to, uh hear about you and your and your music was through our our own social media fans um who were who were oh you know we we put a call out and we said you know who are people that you would like to have interviewed on the show and your name came up immediately followed by a bunch of videos (laughs) so Ah! we were like oh yeah no this has got to happen and um to be to be completely honest like i i think you're the probably the the uh the biggest guest we've had on that has like the most social media presence right now. I mean, you've got everything from, you know, the the little Gucci ad that you did and the um you know, the, the uh, tutorial videos you've done as well as your music videos are all available on YouTube. Yep. You, uh, your website clearly lists that you're on Facebook and Instagram. How do you think that's uh, that's affected your, your popularity and your um, recognition, I guess, amongst people?
2: I think it's the whole thing. I mean, I, I, um, early on, I had done an off Broadway show, um, about Carlisle. And at the time I was working with a kind of, um, a parasitic sort of person. And I didn't realize how dangerous managers can be, but this was somebody who did not understand Instagram. And I remember I signed up for Instagram and this person said, Oh, I wish it was the 1930s, and I and we could just do Broadway, and I didn't have to worry about Instagram. And I, I in my head, I thought he's fired. I didn't fire him right away, but l- later on, I did because I thought, well, listen, decision. yeah, yeah, this is where it's at. And I did not understand Instagram. I didn't know how to use it. I didn't understand hashtags, tagging. I didn't understand. You know, I would. You know, w- I was somebody early on who thought, well. Here's a video of me in a play singing. Why don't people want to watch that on YouTube? Well, you didn't light it and film it for online, so it's not suitable. So they can't see you. Your face is blurry. The audio is bad. I made all of the mistakes. So Mm -hmm. then that's when I realized you have to make video for the internet. And that's not to say, you know, to be, um, uh, you know, to... Uh, as a ploy but it has to look and it has to present itself in a certain way in order to function within that so the first ones that i did of that was the dear mrs smith which was an advice column about cats that i did on facebook and that did very well and then once the guitar started to happen um you know for instance i did a guitar gods concert in miami and i hired a film crew. And so then I had two cameras and I could turn it into something afterwards right. that would say, Mrs. Smith was here, performed, and here's a snippet of it. And people went, wow, you know, and it, it, um, they thought it was, you know, like done by like a TV show or something.
0: That's, that's then, really so sharp. Yes,
2: it's, all, it, it's all about online for me.
0: That's really sharp to hear that you like actually hired a crew to do that. Because like a lot of us are doing, doing this stuff ourselves. I I have um I have a lighting kit actually it's right behind the screen behind me, um and Jim has a lighting kit he just actually flipped his lights on as we're as we're doing yeah. the podcast. <laughs> um, we, don't, we
1: don't put up the the video from
0: these. So no, usually we do, we're we're not hosting video from from our typical episodes, but we've done some other stuff where we've you know looked at a piece of gear or like made, I do a series of videos called Buzz Facts where I look at different buzz pedals and compare them, um and it's one of the things where you know. We realized immediately that we were getting bigger response from more production value. But I had never thought, like as a as an independent musician myself, if I'm playing a gig to hire, you know, photographers. And I have friends who are who are filmographer, photographer people. I mean, that's I
1: I wanna I wanna cut in for just a second. And you you know, you hit the nail on the head, Mrs. Smith, and that I'll see these bands and they put up videos and for some reason they share them, which I can understand if a fan. Records a video and it's not that good. I get it, but <clears throat> when you use that as promotion, and it, it has terrible sound, like you said, the lighting is awful, the the um, picture is grainy or it, it's out of focus. Thank you. Um, yes, I was gonna home. say. <laughs> <laughs> you or resa- more if your microphone is way away from your face, like mine was just now, you want to re no some compression. You so. want to resave that stuff i was saying that um yeah so the um what i was saying is when um when bands put up stuff that's got like you said bad lighting bad sound um they they it's grainy photo um photography um and grainy video um and they've got uh you know just the whole thing is bad um and it's something that you know it's like okay this was a grainy photo of my Kid, the first time I changed him, or something, or the first time my cat jumped up and and used the toilet for real, that would be different. But it's 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 a moment in time that you want, and then you use it as promotion. It doesn't work, and and you being smart enough to know and to recognize early on, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't look good, and that's why people aren't watching it. It's not because I wasn't good or I wasn't I wasn't engaging. It's because it was hard to see or to listen to or
2: whatever. Well, and do you want to get into the deep end of this? My philosophy? Okay. So it's, it's a little bit of both. So, um, if something is too slick and too produced, people don't trust it. Yeah.
0: That doesn't look real.
2: Yeah. they, They don't think it's real or they think it might be manufactured because commercial brands create fake viral videos. They manufacture, they try to manufacture virality. Sure. So if you're somebody who, for instance, doesn't have a huge following, but you go out and spend tens of thousands of dollars on equipment and you're shooting and getting someone to film it and edit it and you put it all together, it would seem sort of odd maybe to people looking at your channel. It's like, well, these are really well done, but this person doesn't have a big following. This is sort of trying too hard or it's just, you
0: want to be one step above where you actually are basically.
2: At the same time. So there's on the, on the, the one side, you could go too far with production values, and on the other side, um, you know, YouTube is made of videos of people speaking into a web camera that's yep. very raw and very real and very personable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's 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 got to be a little bit of both. People have to feel like it's authentic, it's coming from a real person, um, but they have to be able to. I would say, more uh, somebody taught me this early on. Um, People will tolerate a bad video image, but they will not tolerate bad sound. Right. Right. The vocals, especially if you're mm-hmm. speaking and you want people to know what you're saying, even having a little lavalier microphone, going into a Zoom recorder, or going into the camera itself, or a shotgun microphone, making sure that, you know, your your back is into the window, so you're just silhouetted, you know, turn the face the window of natural light so you're lit put the camera opposite you there's all these little things and yes. there's a lot of tutorials about it, but, um, capturing the fretboard and a person talking is a, a logistical filming challenge. Mm-hmm. They, Definitely they have
0: multiple cameras to do it. Right. I mean, that's, that's what we found out very quickly. Um, so, I mean, you don't need a, a, an insane amount of equipment to do this anymore. I mean, I just bought the new iPhone because it's got a 4k 60 frame per second camera on there. That's actually halfway decent.
2: Um, Yes, you could use an iPhone with a little tripod, okay, and then you could perhaps get a consumer high-definition camcorder. Now, DSLR cameras are wonderful. However, uh, they can go out of focus if you have a very shallow depth of field. You could get just a consumer uh, HD camcorder that would record in 1080p, and it's just autofocus. And then you've got your two cameras and you don't need a camera person. If you don't have a pal that can do that for you.
0: And also you were, you were talking about a zoom recorder. I got my zoom, uh, I guess this is an H six in front of me right now. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of doing the same things. Um, it's, it's just very interesting to me that, that like we'd originally said that it was a, you know, that you had, you'd had this forethought to do that, you know, um, at, at, a, at an event that was actually going to feature other players too. Right. I mean,
2: Yes, and, uh, of course, that was the event where I met Steve Vai backstage. Not a camera to be found anywhere in sight on the meeting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, of, cor- we of course. That's
2: <laughs> terrible. We snapped a terrible iPhone photo from it. Um, and then to this day, people think that I'm him in some elaborate disguise. But, hey, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I, I guess um, it wasn't until I really started to... Well, there's other things with Instagram or Facebook and Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are all different. I think I'm the best on Instagram now. I get the most response. Um, subtitles sometimes help yeah. a video do well. They can be very time-consuming to add. Yes. But if it's only a minute long, it can really help because people will watch it with the sound off. Yep. yep. Um, And I think, but all that said, I think it's important to have something to share something, uh, that is vivid or interesting. That could be, you know, your music, which people are musicians. So of course they want it to be their music, but it could be personality, you know, um, Jared dines, for instance, who, who's a pal of mine, you know, he's, he's got great. He's a great musician. He's very funny. And he also just has a personality.
0: Right. Right. Um, I was trying to think. So you've done videos like that too. Uh There was one where you had rebuked a, uh, a rat. Um,
1: that yes. was hilarious. Well,
2: yes. That's more of like a cinematic skit, but yes. yes.
0: Yeah. And yes. then that's kind of the same thing. Like you're building on the personality of what you do, not so much exactly what you do. You know what I mean?
2: Yes. And Brian? so I consider, um, it's also good to think of your channel as having uh three focuses an a a b and a c so if you look at people who do really well and they're prolific on on social media they might have three interests so for instance for my instagram it would be most it would be these days mostly guitar now that could be me or it could be things that i repost or share right or i may capture something that i like that i see on youtube and then broadcast that Um, That could also be, and then cats are very important to me. So Carlisle, but all cats. And then I would say sort of lady, fancy lady problems. And that could be a fabulous new outfit, jewelry. That could be um, a clip from an old movie with a lady going crazy. Um, But sometimes people, it will be, you know, their music. And then they love the gym. And then maybe they're also, they have a dog or a boyfriend that is the side character. But typically, and that what that allows people to do is to have, um, a, a, to not just be monotonous.
0: Yeah, it, it breaks up what's going on. Right. Yeah,
1: I think it's, it, it personalizes and humanizes you. Um, it makes you a person that people can like uh, versus just, you know, you're not just the person saying, smoke these cigarettes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're the person that's saying, hey, you know what? I'm a guitar player, I also love cats. I also love jewelry and you know, so on and so forth. Um, which, which leads me to my next thing, Norm's rare guitars. So you yes. did a video on Norm's rare guitars. One of cr- that that said, video
0: is great by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry, I love that, is
2: that not legendary? I mean, that,
0: yeah, they're going to Norm's rare guitars and be like, these are all
1: old. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, and I love, I love, I love that, that you said, these are all old guitars, dead um, objects. Exactly. And, and, that's something that that we've tried to say a yeah. million times. I think that there's there's always that two sides of the community. Knowing knowing as a musician that there are, um we these are brand new.
2: I mean, I got I got brand new guitars shown off on Norm's Rare Guitars. I think that's something else. I got old. Like, I don't really call them
0: vintage
1: anymore. So what was that Ibanez you were showing off? I mean. I loved that. That was an AZ. Was that an was AZ? AZ. I have yes. one
2: coming. It's oh. coming soon. They're sending it to me soon. I get a blue
0: yeah. one. It's on my short list. I, I'm hoping that Ibanez will do one with a Floyd Rose
1: for, for uh, 2019. That thing was gorgeous. The one that you were holding in that? Oh, I loved it. I'm
2: getting an even brighter blue one. It says, blue is my bluest eye. Wow. Well, I love it. And I can't wait to play it with like a, a black gown or maybe even some something red or something dramatic but it's a beautiful blue guitar it's um their prestige series az Mm -hmm. um it is a little bit more of a fixed bridge it does float the tremolo does float you can't pull up on it can
0: you you pull super high on it like like no
2: no no and 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 i'm i'm choosing that on purpose in order to explore other realms of playing Sure, and other so. realms of tone. Because the other thing is, Mike uh, Origo from Ibanez pointed out to me he said, um, the number of frets does change the tone of a guitar. Yes, so yes it having does. Having 24 frets, which I have on all of my guitars. Now, I don't go up to that 24th fret very often, if ever. But it's there. Now, there's two things that impact the tone of an RG or GEM series Ibanez-type guitar. A hot rod, a Superstrat. The 24 frets and then all of that metal that is in that floating tremolo, I believe does have an impact on the tone. Now, I like it. It cuts through and it's very intense. But I'm always interested in exploring some different tones. And so this AZ will have a single coil on the neck. And then a single coil in the middle and a double coil on the bridge.
1: Right. Okay. Nice.
0: Um, yeah. So I played. I played a couple of them already, and and they're they're beautiful guitars. Um, the only the only little caveat I had with them was that the uh the, the I guess the neck is oiled, um, and it was just building up like a lot of grime from my hands while I was playing it. Um, and oh. I played one for a good hour, um, but I still thought it was a fantastic guitar. It May still be something that I wind up getting it at some point
1: yeah you've mentioned that quite a few times that's that would be I mean, awesome I'm, I'm a broken record jim i know no no no. i mean <laughs> i mean I, i'm just pointing out to to mrs smith that you the that uh, you have mentioned it a few times and because i doubt very miss, much mrs smith has been listening to our chairman very long
0: yeah but anyway well, that, that said we, before we go down the gear path I, I do have one question about social media outreach yeah. the, the, the gucci ad Look, can, we, yes. can we just talk about that briefly? I, uh, I, I got to say, when my wife saw that, she goes, "Is this for real?" And <laughs> I, I think that's a, I think that's a credit to what you're doing with your your social media, which yeah. is that it it, it it integrates so well into your persona that you already have on your channel, and the fact that you've already you know you did this ad with Gucci and and it aired. Um I just think I, it's just perfect. Um, so I want yes. to comment on that break. yes so that
2: is real it's not it's not photoshopped or, or or trick photography i was playing guitar on the sidewalk in the east village of new york city and i was seen by petra collins who's a fashion uh, it girl instagram star i think she has seven hundred thousand instagram followers and she is a gucci model herself and also a photographer and it was uh, she had done several films for Gucci, but this was a quite ambitious. It was a multi-day shoot, a lot of, a, lot of, a big crew, and it was in Budapest. Her family is from Budapest, and um, that's actually her, uh, I think it's her grandmother and her two, her niece and nephew, or cousins, okay. I think, in that video along with me. And so she asked me, she said she wanted to do something with me over Instagram on a direct message. I Googled her and almost fell off my chair <laughs> yeah. and she said, I think it's going to be something with Gucci. Then I fell down the stairs <laughs> and uh, I pictured something, you know, in Bryant park, maybe with some fans and and tapestries blowing and maybe a fashion show, something. Right. And then Gucci, uh, into my inbox and email hotel and travel arrangements for Budapest. Wow. And then I just, I fell out the window. Yeah. I was what a fantasia and to the way they made it such that I was standing on water and the camera elevates and I'm playing, of course, those uh, beautiful Ibanez guitars. Um,
0: I could not imagine anyone but you doing that Gucci ad and and that's a credit to both their marketing team and, and you as, as an individual. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're a perfect spokesperson for Gucci in that ad, but in general, I hope that they would use you again to do something. It's,
2: well, and I thought good. that it was fun. You know, I brought the floral gem guitar uh, and the white gem. Now, she told me that she saw me standing on water and that there was water of, involved. And so I was very reluctant to walk out onto that water with the floral gem guitar. because
0: Right, right. Because you've it's had that one for a long time, right
2: it's irreplaceable it's original issue so for that and they were also saying oh you we might actually have you playing and i thought an amplifier and all this water i was getting really worried and things come together in a very wild way with fashion yeah and so uh they're very creative and so i brought the white gem jr because it's just as you know, if that fell in the water, I'd be quite sad, but it would be easier for me to replace or for Gucci, for instance. Right, Oh yeah, yes,
0: yes.
2: (laughs) So that's why I brought both of them. But I thought, you know, how fun, how crazy to be playing these two sort of iconic Ibanez guitars in this high fashion um, context.
0: They are high fashion guitars.
2: You know, signaling to people who get the references and then other people who don't, it's just sort of looks like a cool guitar.
1: Right, right. Yeah, with the floral pattern and everything, it kind of works.
2: Well, when I was in the, uh, they, they bring you in to do a fitting. Uh, they have a whole floor of the hotel. And I went in and they had just racks and racks and racks of Gucci. They wouldn't let me take pictures. Racks and racks. And I had sent them a little bit of what I would and would not wear. You know, I, I have rules for myself. Yes. I don't grow, I don't go sleeveless, not at this age. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see a woman's arms and then and I and I I don't I don't do low cut I don't do very um you know clingy fabric I don't you know right. I, it has to be right. tasteful right. so they had brought all these choices and I said well we should make sure it matches with the guitar and I took out the floral gem guitar and the Gucci stylists <laughs> gasped <laughs> <to> an- <laughs> Yeah. it's like we designed it. <laughs> they thought it was, and it, of course, Gucci right now, which is under creative direction of uh, Michelle Alessandro Michelle, is it's rococo. It's it's extreme. It is a little bit like Granny's closet has exploded. So right. there's flowers and cats and wild and sequins and it's just very visually right.
1: almost over overstimulating. So the guitar went perfectly with it. Yeah. That's awesome. Now the, the, you also have the, uh, the cat, uh, the Carlisle. Guitar. Yes. The Carlisle caster. Yep. Yes. And that that's is what a, I called
2: it. That's what it's called. Yeah. That's what <laughs> that's she awesome. called it too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's an RG. Now let me look up. I always have to look up the name because it's long. It's an Ibanez RG, uh, prestige. And I want to say it's an A H something a h m it's transparent white okay all right and so uh it's ash um and mine is quite heavy and what i didn't know is that ash it will very heavy yeah Yeah. um so it's quite heavy uh but uh it's it's a translucent white so you can see the grain and then what i had ivan is do is they made a graphic and they custom applied it as a sticker and then clear coated over it. Right. And so it's actually a guitar that anybody could have. If they, if they wanted to buy the RG, I'm happy to send them the sticker or graphic. And That's then you really just take cool. it to someone who can make it for you, you know, until Ibanez decides to make it. I don't know if they ever will.
1: Uh, someday. Someday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about that for this guitar when I get done taking all the finish off and stuff. Um, oh, you're going to do a custom sticker? Yeah, I'm going to do something custom, you know. Yeah, it's fun. You can do almost anything now with digital printing. So, isn't it crazy? It's incredible. So, all right, uh, David, you had a. Uh, I have one more
0: one more gear related question. Um, the Mesa Barbara am- amplification. Um, I've never heard of this company. What can you tell us a little bit about what they what they offer?
2: Wow, I mean, it's um, these amps are something else. I mean, they really roar. Now, I had not. I had heard of Mazzotti guitar devices. And my dear friend Ben Leck, who's just an incredible guy, and he, he helped me with a lot of these relationships. Early on, when I was playing through a battery operated amp on the sidewalk, he got in touch and said, You know, who, who's helping you with your endorsements? I said, Nobody. I have no one. I'm no one. And he said, Let, let me give you a hand. And he got me some pedals. And he, got me, he got me connected up with Ibanez. And then he said, I think Mezabarba. So they sent me a. 30 watt two-channel amplifier called a skill. Okay. It's S-K-I-L-L. And then I, I didn't have a speaker. And so I was running around and I brought it to my uh my guitar player Randy's uh apartment. He has all these speakers. Victory, he loves Victory amps. Okay. So we plugged it in and I started to play. And wowie, wow. The the distorted channel on this amp really is that edward van halen sound where you get incredible saturation but clarity it doesn't cut out the middle it cuts through it's present i don't need any pedals really i put a little delay maybe sometimes some chorus i have some you know i have some spacey effects that i use sometimes but basically i don't use any effects i use the distortion on the amp now even better. You can turn the distortion way down and use it as a rhythm channel for your rhythm playing. And then when you're ready to lead, get a tube screamer and boom, right. put it over the top. Mm-hmm. And now these are made by hand uh, with exquisite parts. If you were to take it apart, now Guitar Player Magazine did a story on the M0 100-watt head. I encourage you, it's an editor's pick. Mezzabarba M0, 100 watt, that's the beast. They took I'm it apart. at them right now. They <laughs> took it apart and they said, there's no reason to use this top of the line parts on all, but it does translate. Everyone who hears these amps. When I was at NAMM, people were a gob. And it really is that Edward Van Halen sound. It's the sound, look, if you're going to buy an old Marshall, and then spend all kinds of money modding it and making an attenuator and putting a bunch of things in front of it and mangling it and taking it apart. You can save yourself the money and just get one of these. Very but cool. they're not cheap because they are well-made. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Now, we're no stranger to having well-made gear too. Like we understand that, because I remember when we were talking about, uh, you know, the format of our show before before we started the interview, um, we always like, try to balance quality and price and that's that's a huge problem like a lot of times things that are very inexpensive are very low quality and and vice versa so yeah
2: well it's a balance because some things can be uh, very expensive for no good reason
0: right oh yeah yeah yeah.
2: and and then some things are expensive for very good reason it could be that the guitar is just so exquisitely made and it's so much attention and it will last and it will stay in tune and it will sound wonderful right feel wonderful to you. And then it can also be the case that something is expensive and you go, what the heck did I pay all this for? Now, you know, you have to ask yourself now it's easy for me to say this because I don't pay for these things. They send them to me. But what I would say is, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've got that gear fever, it's hit you, right. And you think you're going to reach for that $800 all tube amp. Okay. And I won't name names, but I used to play. an $800 all tube amp that you think is going to sound great. Guess what? It won't. Guess what? Your tone will disappear. Your band won't be able to hear you. The audience will be, you know, running, screaming with your ears bleeding. If you can just hold on and maybe do without that latte, maybe find ways or maybe get a side gig on Saturdays or Sundays, you know, delivering papers or whatever it is that you can kind of constrain your budget, make a little extra money and just wait a little while longer to
1: get something truly fantastic. Right. May we suggest busking?
2: <laughs> <laughs> busking. Um,
1: <laughs> that's a little photo circle. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's always that thing where, um, you know, I bought the, believe it or not, I bought this here it is for 30 bucks um, uh, online because.
0: J- Jim is was pointing like, at a, uh, yeah, that's,
1: affinity. that's that's a piece oh, it's of that crap wait, a wait,
0: bullet, sorry
1: it, it literally hurts to hold it the the french <laughs> are so bad when the guy handed it to me because he goes i bought it for my son i don't understand why he didn't want to play i he handed it to me i went ow <laughs> I <laughs> it's my to hands, play. But- <laughs> It's literally slicing my hands. <laughs> it hurts um but anyway it, um i know it's not that bad most of the time but <clears throat> for for most players but the point is just like you were talking about if you're gonna buy something you're gonna mod the living crap out of it unless like i'm gonna do with this, i i'm gonna use it as a pickup mule and then i'm gonna um i'm gonna take all the paint off it and do all kinds of weird things to it just i'm literally gonna put not fender <laughs> over it, <you> know, <laughs> just to say that it is not a fender don't don't be don't be confused Um uh, because i want to i, I want to make it a wooded guitar not to sell it not to not to try to brand it or anything just to say this is mine this is this is mine. No one has one like it. it's mine and and you know you can't you can't make another one like it. Continue. The other thing to keep in mind um about
2: expensive gear, especially when it's being sold to you by very famous people, mm-hmm. is that um or rich people um uh tragically <laughs> if you if you tragically uh or perhaps poetic tragic is that if you are to go back in time to what is their best work yep. you will find that it was often played on borrowed stolen mangled yes. half destroyed crappy gear that yes you know that their best work was often recorded on not ideal gear for instance surfing with the alien by jose striani was not recorded on an Ibanez guitar. No. I mean, there was, there's one part of a song that he just used a one guitar that had a whammy bar and the rest of it was recorded on a, it, the amps that, you know, the, the same thing, Steve Weiss, flexible. I mean, this was, you know. Yeah. Tell, Steve Weiss, he did not all. have the, Yeah. <clears throat> so it's uh, all to say, you know, get the gear that's fabulous, that makes you play well. That inspires you. So sometimes fighting against gear that's not ideal is not the worst thing in the world. No, it's not. And one should never uh, blame gear as a reason to not make music and put it out there. No, not at all. Nope, um, dude, Jim and I have of-
0: had this conversation many a time. Like, there's a... There's a growing community of people that are gear hobbyists and not necessarily guitar players because they're not concerned with actually playing the instrument. They're concerned with what they've got behind them. And so we're completely in the opposite direction. It's like now learn to play the instrument. That's more important.
1: That's why we call ourselves practical guitarists, not because we practice a lot. Because we practice. Exactly. And we practice and we practice. And so that comes into, um, that comes into my next question. I know you're a lefty who plays righty. Yes. Yes. So Wait, how do you know that? Because know them? you had a video where you said in your Facebook um, live thing. Oh, you okay. said, um, I'm a I'm a lefty. And so that lends to some very um, uh, different ways of you playing because you don't as, as far as you were saying in there, you don't do um, a traditional uh, alternate picking.
2: I don't tend to alternate pick. It exhausts me. I think it's a very tiring thing to think about. Um, I do what I call glancing—a glance to pick. So I might be picking the first two notes, or you know, I can't. I can't really slow it down to figure it out. Um, I know that Paul Gilbert has said that it's okay to not pick every note. That That's right. You're going to use a combination of hammer ons and. Yes, and you 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 just at some level the physics change okay i mean i don't know that you can just metronome because the fact is if you as you begin to pick faster and faster and faster the physics with the strings change it's just sure. it's not going to be the case that the physics will be the same at a very slow tempo as it is at a very fast tempo mm-hmm. uh, and that's where you're playing it on the string the thickness of the string yeah, you're, we're also
0: catching the vibration of the string at, at, at a different you know frequency yeah, uh,
1: yeah.
2: so i mean you just got at some point you just got to go
0: for
1: it just let go
0: jim who's that who 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 said something similar I, to that
1: i think there was some guy david hill yeah said i said that I, I think maybe that was a, a you it might have been him moment
0: on, in the show's history
1: when i said that it might have been him i don't remember but yeah we um we talked about that but um i think what uh, and and you can chime in here. I, I would appreciate if you chime in here. Is that um, a lot of people say we well, got to you got to play slow to play fast? What I what I think that that people misinterpret is you don't just play slow forever. You you have to you have know to how forward. to play it clean. But you also you can't run a sixty second quarter mile until you try to run a fifty five second quarter mile. You know and then you know. But you, there are certain mechanics that go along with going fast before you can get to fast. But that doesn't mean never try to be fast. You know, does that make any sense? I completely you know, agree. There's also um, playing it fast and then cleaning
2: it up. Yes. Yes. You know, cleaning it up. And then, again, there's certain things with physics, with the strings and the pick, and there's just some things that you can't change. I mean, there's just some things that will never be playable. They just won't be. And so, and, and it's like, Unless if you're spending know, all this time playing it slow, you know, it may never be able to be played fast. And so you just have, I've spoken with people who are very frustrated and, they, and they get very neurotic about it and they get very like beating up, beating up on themselves. Like I don't understand why can't I play fast? And it's, it's like, just, you know, if you've worked on it for a long time and you can't get it, just let it go. Admit defeat. move on and I say that also um never I would never try to replicate something someone else has played
0: we had Steve Stein in your seat um probably three weeks ago and he was echoing the same thing sometimes you have to find what you're good at and work at that Mm -hmm. and that's the way that you find a way forward right yes
2: yes yes and that has to do with the size of your hands your fingers, the type of guitar, lefty, righty, what is your strong hand? How are you going to hold the pin? You know, I um, I had a guitar player at one of my shows. Uh, he's quite a fantastic guitar player. Um, he plays in a band called L Train here in New York City. And he I saw him busking and doing some Jimi Hendrix stuff on his Strat and I was blown away and he's fantastic. And he came to see me playing and he was quite fixated on uh how light my touch is. Mm-hmm. I barely uh you know, I don't choke down on the pit the way some people do. And um I, I never really until I started looking at myself playing on video, I never really noticed it. it was like, oh okay, well, that's just how I play and I don't have to change it.
1: It may be something that makes people want to listen to it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So I, I want to ask, yeah, going and going right along with that. Um so uh th- I had two more questions so I'm going to ask one Dave's going to ask one. Um one of my questions is is uh you have um uh, obviously you have a light touch this is more of a statement obviously. Um you have a light touch I could tell in the videos you have a very light touch. Um so uh, I was watching a video I think it's um one of the, the three part instruction on the Bob Ross thing and um there's like a um there's a there's an intro thing and then there's two parts. So, in the first video, you have another person because you admit that um, you don't play the solo the same way twice. And then you have another person that steps in and plays a, um, a solo over your backing track. Can you tell me? Because I've seen that person in a live um, video with you. Is that? Yes, that's Randy Wilcox. Okay.
2: Yeah. Randy Wilcox. And he's on, he's on uh, Instagram, Randy Wilcox music. And so he, uh, when I play with the band, he is the guitar player in my band. He's a fantastic shredder. He's um endorsed by Chapman guitars, Rob Chapman, who we love.
1: I was going to say um, he was all, playing a Chapman, right? Yes. We all love
2: Rob. Oh, I adore Rob so much. And he's so encouraging to me and so sweet. Um, of course he's, he's British. And so he is, he gets my humor in a special way, like a Monty Python or, or, or like absolutely fabulous. Um, but yes. So Randy Wilcox, fantastic guitar player. Um, and when I play with the band, it's not always that I play with the band and that has to do with availability and also what is the deal with the venue and portability and I'm not at the stage now where I can transport a band around with me. It's just not feasible. So, uh, but we often do perform in New York city. We're going to be doing a show in the spring. um, uh, Another full live band show in the spring. But yes, I wanted him to do a solo for that song because we've played so much guitar together and we've had so much fun and, and it's, it's customary to offer a guest solo to your colleague. It's collegial. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote that part for him, and it's a um and actually, I'm going to post the video this week where he describes how to play his solo. It's a chromatically ascending the song completely changes all of a sudden, right. the, uh, because what I realized was that progression was getting a bit monotonous. So then I wrote this other progression where it's ascending chromatically na 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 na. And I thought, this is also a fun obstacle course for Randy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of, I almost made it as like a, a challenge or like a main yeah. track. And he said
0: challenge accepted. So,
2: <laughs> And he came up with this wonderful kind of Bumblefoot, Buckethead, wild. Yep. But he is fully in the key, fully playing, and it's musical. It's just, it's atonal because it's not in any key.
1: Right.
2: I think it's absolutely brilliant.
0: No, it is good. It is good. Yeah. And back is one of the more memorable moments in that song. Um,
2: and it's like the way I described it to him, I said, um, what what I want it to be is like I'm speeding, I'm speeding, I'm speeding, I'm like I'm in a Ferrari, right? And I'm I'm and this, the top is off and I'm racing down a highway like in a um, Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie. And then the camera. Pulls off and it goes off into a dirt road and you're on a motorcycle and you're racing, Randy. And then you go up and you leap into the air and then you join me back on the highway and we're playing together. And you know, then, that's
1: your life. Your description is exactly what I think is missing from when players say, "Um, oh, you know, why don't people like my playing? It's because what you just described that's what the playing should take you to. That's where the solo should take you. Not just, okay, here's some fast playing. It's it's here's what I want you to feel, or I want the listener to feel when they get done listening to your part. And and he nailed that, by the way. He definitely nailed. It.
2: Well, and then when it all comes together, and we're harmonizing, the song has reached a crescendo, and then. And we ascend to the highest heights together doing that. That I don't know what the style will be like, kind of like scorpions or something like harmonized guitars, or I, I don't know who it is, Iron Maiden or somebody. Yeah. I just want it. I love that sound. And then the song deconstructs and it's me in this fugue state. But I had a whole philosophy of the song too. And I've explained it to people and they say, Mrs. Smith, it makes no sense. But there is a philosophy of the song which is the opening sequence is anxiety and, and terror that is cured by a Bob Ross bath, a, a kind of warm bath of Bob Ross. And that begins to build resilience and strength and then allow for shredding to occur with ease. And then Randy comes in and it ramps it up. And so, but yes, yeah, so that I think what you're talking about, what's missing with music is, is vision. or a sense of narrative or story. And instead what you have is people merely executing their favorite parts.
0: Yeah. Um, It's funny that you bring it up because I was just going to, I was going to interject. You're, you're absolutely right. We don't have that. We don't have humor in music too, which is another big, big issue. Um, It's either somebody who's just injecting comedy into the music via lyrics but very rarely do you find somebody who can actually make the music itself funny. Um, we used to have that. We had composers like Handel that had a you know one of the one of his pieces is called the joke. Um, and Steve Vai has obviously cultivated a lot of stuff like like the flexible record. And I see um, Bob Ross is not and not that that type of song, but I definitely see like Cat Jam being more of a like a humorous approach yes. to music
2: and also these songs are written for live performance um because i'm a performer first right i'm always thinking about how will this translate into you know and i think of everything from the backdrop videos that will be played you know there's a very wonderful cat jam has got all these internet cats in, in the videos that i have that i play with and how will sound and how will it come off to the audience how will i tell st- a story and I think that if people are looking for, um, I think Jim is going Jim's crazy. Going, yes, well, but this is earth. what's missing now, and what's happening is we've never had more instrumental music, but it's saying nothing. It's right, saying,
0: a lot of saying it
2: is nothing. <gasps> and now, if, if you've ever were searching for a period in history to say something.
0: No, it's it's perfect. Now, <laughs> yep, now right it's
2: around you. We are in the midst of ecological catastrophe. We are in the midst of a political turmoil, the likes of which we've never seen before since the seventies. Everything is
1: falling apart, and people are making music about arpeggios, and and in pop music, unfortunately, back then, because I grew up in that point. Back then, there was pop music that was talking about whether whether one agreed with or didn't agree with the, the um, political um, vision of the music. Now, it's afraid,
0: the, now music. the companies are afraid to put it out.
1: Yes, Janet so, Jackson, Rhythm Nation. There's
2: right. a piece in the New York Times about Rhythm Nation, um, and it's so fantastic when you go back and look at the dancing and the militaristic outfits and the, and the song and the attitude and, and everything that she was singing about. Now, okay, so where do people start with a story? You could, as an exercise, take your favorite documentary. Uh, take your favorite fictional film. Say perhaps you love uh, The Lord of the Rings or you love an, a, an episode of Game of Thrones or, for instance, there's an episode of um, you love a sci-fi show. Take one 40-minute episode and break it into... It's, it's probably in five parts. Yeah. It's probably in five acts. Break it into five acts and trace the rhythms. Trace the those time signatures. Trace the tension. Is there comedy? Is there a point where there's tension and then it releases into a lighthearted scene? And map them and trace them. Don't make the song about the episode. It could be about something entirely different. But map the feelings and then write chords or rhythms or drum parts and then make melodies over it or and you could create an album that could be a television show and no one would know
0: yeah that's that's words that are beyond you know beyond what we've heard on this show before
2: uh it could be a novel and also don't don't listen to other musicians read novels, watch documentaries, be inspired by real people, visual art. I walked into the MoMA the other day. Every time I see the Jackson Pollock at the MoMA, I burst out laughing because it's so absurd. It's the size of the wall. Yeah. And you think the audacity of the man who created this to do this <laughs> entirely with splattering and say, this is my art. Take it or leave it. Kiss right. my butt. Right,
1: <laughs> kiss my ass if you don't like it. David, hey, take that in. So yeah. I'll say this: I was, I was not really. I, I mean, I was aware of Buckethead, right? And then all of a sudden, David says to me, "He goes because Buckethead was coming to my town, and he says you should go." You so I go, went because it's a multimedia experience. And you have to always go. It goes right to what you were just speaking. He tells I stayed from beginning to end, and it's because. There was a story. The whole thing, the, the whole thing was just like you said. You were watching a movie. You were in. You were engulfed in a novel. How and it might not necessarily it?
2: be a linear story either. And that's, it, that's What what I love about Buckethead, I'm forever grateful to Buckethead because he he pulled the guitar world into the deep end of abstraction and performance mm-hmm. art into absolutely. such a deep realm of abstraction and bizarreness that I came through, and they were like, "Well, this is normal compared yeah, to." Him. So it was like, you know, crazy lady with a backstory, no problem. We dealt with Buckethead. But what you know about Buckethead is that everything he's doing, he is absolutely obsessed with. He is obsessed with theme parks. He is obsessed with Disney. He is obsessed with horror films. He's obsessed with the guitar. He's obsessed with uh, uh, Bootsy Collins and funk. And he just takes everything that he loves and I, I'll tell you, the moment in his show when I completely levitated, I was floating off the ground. It actually... Well, first of all, the first 20 minutes are taken up with the sound of a foreign horror film soundtrack. And you're just yep. in the dark, and you're just hearing, you know... Oh, yeah, yep. so it, it, some of it's from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, actually. It's, 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 it's some, yeah. you know, Romanian horror film that I'm sure he's obsessed with. I didn't even know it. And I'm starting... What happens is your, your uh, concrete mind begins to become unglued and then he hits the stage. His tone is amazing. His tracks are amazing. He's playing completely in the pocket and it's really more like seeing a DJ than a guitar hero Yep. because he has no persona yep. attached to. He's not showing off. He's doing nunchucks. He's dancing. He's playing, making crazy sounds. It's out of this world. The songs and the riffs are so powerful um, it's about riffage. It's not about melody, really. It's about... That's why right. it's like a DJ. It's like electronic dance music. Yeah. And then he starts to hand out presents to the audience. I was so... I, I loved that part. <laughs> loved that. And he that. plays the soundtrack to the electric, uh, the electric light parade from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And it's this calliope music that is so insipid and so childish and so bizarre and, and there are these cartoon voices coming in. Oh, hey, kids. The electric- oh, hi, Mr. Snail. And, and it's like, oh, hi, children. Are you and it goes on for five minutes, 10, yeah. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And what happens is your mind begins to become deranged. And I just begin to laugh and laugh and think, this is an artist.
0: Very much so. Very much he, so.
1: He takes you with him on his journey. And I think that's what you do for listeners. You take them with you on your journey. You're, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start here. And end here, we were talking about um, on a previous episode, AOR and how important album oriented rock was in the seventies and the sixties where um, each song wasn't. It, 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 yeah. You had your standalone songs, but it, the the album didn't necessarily have to have like the wall or like uh, dark side of the moon where they, Um, where they had a single theme, but it took you on a journey with the artist. And that has, that's, we've lost that. Uh, And it's just like, here's song A, here's song B. We're going to put the first five songs are going to be singles. The other five songs are going to be, you know, um, B-sides, so to speak.
2: Well, I don't want to talk out of you know, tell tales out of school, but what I'll say is with a lot of guitar playing, can I be totally honest? Can I be completely honest? of course. I mean, it just seems like people are filling time. Yeah. I we, don't, we, 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 I don't, it, they're making albums because the task at hand is to make an album. And what I hear is basically backing tracks with shredding on top of it. But I don't, I'm not given a sense of drama. I'm not given a sense of story. And I'm not given a sense of an artist who must tell this story. Now, you know, my playing and my tone and my production may not be at the level of some people's, but I'm trying to say something. And but a lot, a, a lot of this stuff, it's like I I don't know why this exists. I hey, think that's just
0: to show off. Yeah,
1: I think I think a lot of it is just showing off. It,
0: it's 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 an economic thing. Like you've got you've got guys that are guys and gals who are supporting themselves with literally doing what you just said, which is to put backing tracks together, perform a song, record an album, and then tour it. And they don't really they don't really stop and think like about the art side of it. Right. Because they're they've got people who depend on them financially in a lot of cases. And also themselves. I mean, they don't want to be broke. And so it becomes this cycle of maybe they had one good record in the beginning where it was like, okay, this is, you know, this is what I I've worked so hard to achieve. But after that, it's about being able to pay the bills you know
2: but what i will say is that um uh go back to some of those early days and some of those early people um and some of those early pioneers and everyone who's listening if you save your dough i'm going to tell you what you can do you can buy a copy of logic pro for two hundred dollars you can buy a usb interface for fifty dollars And you can make, you will have more technology in your computer than, you know, pet sound was recorded on.
0: Right. Or the Eddie Van Halen had for
2: that matter. I mean, exactly. And you don't need to get all the plugins. You really don't. No. But what will happen is people will use that as a reason not to create, and that's delaying. And so I said to myself, you've got to finish. You could mix this album until you're blue in the face. A lot of those guitars were recorded directly into logic using logic amps. Not I've done that
0: before it's i mean
2: it, it's, it's not, not I, in some of them I did the 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 cabinet simulation and the i r s yeah. with the barba and some of them I mic'd it, and I did all kinds of different things. but most of the main guitars on that album are direct in through a $50 USB that I got at Guitar Center. <laughs> and it, it's honestly, it's if you have something to say, it really does not matter that much.
0: No, it's more about the performance
2: than about the tone. And, and, and kind of whipping yourself up mm-hmm. into a state of, uh, into that creative mood of saying something. We talked
0: about it earlier on this show um, in in some of our early episodes where I talked about rehearsing with the band and really working at learning how to bring out the emotion in my playing, even when I'm playing by myself with, you know, just running scales and stuff. Like, how do you do that? And there's this, you're right. There's this emotional state you have to whip yourself into where now, okay, all the 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 mask I put on is stripped away. And it's just me, you know, and, and my feelings coming out.
2: And, and oh, I'll say this. Um, I, I took several uh, sort of acting classes and mask classes. Of course, I'm fascinated with Buckethead. I'm fascinated with Alice Cooper. I'm fascinated by Ghost. I'm yeah. fascinated by people who put on a mask in order to reveal something more true about themselves. So you could do that. You could, f- f- for instance, say to yourself, I'm going to create an album or a song as a character.
0: As yeah, a so, fictional um, person, right?
2: Tori Amos most. does this. She her songs are characters that have stories, and she channels them. And that way, you take yourself out of the out of it. It's not you, so you could do that. But with acting and actors and performance, um, there just is. You just go there. You fully go there. You believe, you know, you practice your scales and you get your technique. And then you press record. And I'll tell you what I better do when I press record is have, I've learned now to have that camera recording me because things are liable to happen that I can't repeat.
0: Unless you have some record of it,
2: right? With the music video. But you press record and you just lose yourself into the sound.
1: And you stop thinking and judging. Right. Exactly. I think that um a lot of people they they maybe it's a maybe it's um partially due to the fact that they don't want people to know how they really feel. And so it's like because most of us know that our feelings are expressed through music. And um, you know, I grew up I grew up in a household with abuse and, and alcoholism and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, and then I moved to a farm, my mother remarried and there was still, there was different stuff, you know, I don't want to go too far into it, and it. It's difficult, obviously, but, um, those feelings, you know, I wrote, I wrote some songs later on that had to do with those feelings and how I felt about the world in general and my closer relationships. Um, and, uh, I think that might be it because we, we, as, as people, and especially, um, uh, those of us like David and myself, you know, we're, we're um, at least I can speak for me is that it's it's hard to admit as a husband that I have frailties, and so yeah. you know because that admits that I have weaknesses, and if I have weaknesses, my children or my you know my significant other sees weaknesses, and and you probably see this as well. And Once somebody sees a weakness, sometimes like you were talking about your manager before, um, people will. Uh, will take advantage of those weaknesses. And we don't want really to have those things happen. So, I don't know. Those are those are part of it. I think also um it, there is there is a general sense that if you say something that a certain group especially in today's society doesn't like um in in the mainstream media then yeah. um suddenly you're you're afraid, oh, if I say something that group A or group B or group C doesn't like, then Um, I'm going to be disassociated and they won't like me anymore. So I'll just write generic.
0: Homogenized. Junk.
1: I'll just write. And and the lyrics to my song will be work, 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 work.
0: Sorry, I hate this. (laughs)
1: Yes. And and it's it's so (laughs) odd to me. What's so
2: odd to me is that the heavy metal of the 80s is filled with all kinds of paranoid you know oh, yeah. you want to listen to metallica or mega crime operation mind or, crime but, I mean, operation mind well guess what we're there yeah. we're there it's happening your phone is operation mind crime <laughs> everybody's on medications everybody's glued to these phones i think muse has been doing muse has done work they had a, a they did a thing about drones yeah they have A song is a song called drones and it's just these voices Killed by drones, killed, and it's almost like classical music, right? And it's about people. The you you picture the coldness of this robotic plane, and just that it drops these bombs that kill people, and there's just total silence. So people, some people are doing it. I think Ghost again is is very is something very interesting going on there. Um, I think. Um, of course um heavy metal the guitar it's being invaded by you know people in communities that pre- previously haven't been been there you know women and, and 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 so and that's all very 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 good yes it's but awesome we, we must not lose imagination no point of view right right well you've
0: given us a good blueprint on how to start approaching doing those sorts of things and to think outside of the box and think about music in a more abstract way to produce something that's less abstract, and I think that's uh, I think that's great.
2: And so, also, you generally will have uh, if you if you're stuck on the the last song, right? Say like you think, oh, I need one more song. You probably have it. It's probably that riff that you play every time you pick up the guitar. You know, there's that riff, right? There's a song on my album called Home Again. Mm-hmm. which was just a riff that I played for about 10 to 15 years, never knew what I was going to do about it. And I finally just said, well, I need another song. I'm just going to record oh, yeah, this
0: computer, together,
2: right. see where it leads me. I've got all these riffs. I go, well, I know this is the start of something really cool. And it's just a matter of taking the time and the focus mm-hmm. to sit down and get it done. Yep.
0: Yep. So um, we've asked all of our guests this question. And uh, we're going to ask you the same question, which is, um, do you have a funny story or experience that you can share, whether it be on the road, in the studio, or anything surrounding music?
2: Oh, yes. Um, this is funny. So um, I was at the House of Guitars in Rochester, New York. Okay. Now, I was, I was up there doing a clinic, and they're so sweet there. And uh, of course, Metallica recorded there, and uh, Ozzy's been there, and everyone's been there. Everyone's been to House of Guitars. They had a Steve Vai gem up on the wall that I tried to make off with, (laughs) but (laughs) didn't. And and you know, you you never know what is going to come of these types of gigs. I mean, it's not as if there's some big promo machine behind me. You know, they put up a flyer and sent an email, and so you never know. Who's going to show up? How many people are going to show up? And and you know you're hoping that it isn't going to sort of turn into a Spinal Tap moment. And so I'm I'm up there on stage, and there's this guy staring at me, this older guy, and he's just standing. And I don't know, he looked like he worked for a railroad company or something. But he's just kind of like beaten down by life, and he's he's watching me. And then just completely out into the open, he says to me, but just so loud. He says, nobody around here knows who you are. (laughs) I said, well, how are they going to get to know me if I don't come here? (laughs) But I'll tell you what, at the end of
1: the gig, they sure knew who I was. Oh, that is funny. He was probably some guy from a cover band out there that, that was like, oh, I I'm, know I'm, I'm better than, you know. Uh, nobody around here knows who you are. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so I got to ask, I, even though that was supposed to be the last question, I, you, you play a gem Jr. occasionally?
2: Well, the gem Jr. has been turned into an Eddie Van Halen gem, which is totally against I've the I've seen ball. that guitar. Ah, that's what that one is. Okay. So uh, so my friend Nicholas Townsend, he has Nicholas guitars. Um, He's on Instagram. And he's a luthier. He makes fantastic guitars of his own. And they're beautiful. And they're made totally by hand. And he also happens to be somebody who can do anything you want to a guitar. And so I had this white gem junior. And it just was too much um of a steve by lookalike thing right because right. he, he plays a white one and and i was sort of like well, what do i do with this and i thought wow well what would be the coolest thing in the world but to take this white guitar and paint it with eddie van halen stripes and then you got the best of both worlds the best of <laughs> <ever." laughs> and so nicholas did it and then i went to nam with it and everybody thought it was for sale and it, it caused was amazing. all amazing chaos and I think Ibanez um endorsed me very soon after just as a way to control me and contain me. Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> like that. Um, but I have to
2: say it is the coolest guitar on the face of planet earth.
0: I, I really like the look of that one and actually the uh I'm I'm excited to hear that that's a Jem Junior underneath all that. Uh I back the reason why I asked this question is completely selfish and personal. I'm actually looking I, I kind of want to get a Jem Junior and mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking at the pink one. So, uh just to get away from that kind of like typical Steve Vaiism, but uh, sure, yeah. So
2: yeah, and then you could you could do all kinds of stuff with it. You could put a sticker on it. You could paint. You change it. You know. But they're they're really good. You got to keep them set up properly.
0: Yeah, that's we, that's we what put, I've heard.
2: Um, I think we put a goate tremolo on it. We okay. put a different trem on it. And then he changed all kinds of stuff. Um, he changed a whole bunch. I've got to do a video about that guitar. I've got so many videos to make. I can't even tell you. Um, I'll be you waiting for really
0: breath on that one.
1: That is a fantastic guitar. I was gonna ask you about it myself because I haven't I haven't heard. There was, there was another question I had for you. I didn't get to, and I wanna ask you real quick if you if you're okay with that. Yes, yes. Um, so you've done these um you did the uh Thing where you won um a shred guitar contest right where yeah, shred for your life yeah uh, and the guitar believe it or not david the, the guitar they gave away of all things to give away to shredders was a telecaster but anyway uh-huh. <laughs>
0: which Don't i was supposed to be winning i mean
1: <laughs> but, well let me let me explain so
2: that contest is really it used to be called guitar battle and, right. and what it is, is it's Mark Razow and Wilder Zobie, um, who's a, a producer he works with Run the Jewels. And they all have great bands in New York City, but it really is much more of a rough and tumble, hard rock, punk, hardcore, thrash, more of a classic kind of vibe. And they always did right. guitar battle for fun. And it was as much about like a kind of Halloween contest, mm-hmm. dress up in some crazy costume, act out, you know, this time around a guy uh, dressed up like a wrestler, he body slammed his guitar in the middle of it. <laughs> so it's not really, shred for your life is a misnomer because almost nobody there oh, can God. shred. But I turned up and I could shred and then, I, and then they found my whole personality to be, you know, appealing. So I won. But Fender is their underwriter. And so they gave uh... me the Kelly. But let me tell you,
0: you play that telly. I've seen it
2: because that telly can be tuned down. This is why I want to get the AZ because I was able to tune it down to D a D a D drop D tuning because the, the fixed or the locking tremolo, you have to have somebody, you know, do it for you. Jim, so, what do I complain about, about Floyd's? So <laughs> I wrote all the things, I
1: enjoyed-
2: <laughs> the song, all the things on my EP because of that telecaster. And so I love it. No,
0: so yeah. you got the EP out. Can we expect an LP? Is it, this is going to happen? Right? Because I'm because I'm waiting.
2: Oh my gosh! No,
0: uh, I'm not right yeah, away. We, obviously,
1: we, I mean. yeah. Um, uh obviously, we really want to hear. So I I do want to ask this. So when you go to, you've probably been to more than one of these things where people come up. Um, and I know you you told us one story. Have you ever had someone who, when you were at, you know, these jam fasts and these these things you do? where someone just came off as egocentric or egomaniacal to the point that you were just like, you know, I don't, you don't know. have to
0: name names. We just Yeah.
1: Say. No, 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 no. You don't even have to name the, the thing that you were doing, but I, I just wondered because the old joke about, um, you know, how many guitar players does it take to change a light bulb? It's six, one to change the light bulb and five to sit around with their arms crossed going, yeah, I probably uh, could have done it better. So
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you've uh, got to uh, have a
1: story uh, like that. I have
2: dealt with, I would call it sort of like an indirect ambient disapproval from like at Nam you know, there was, I was like, oh, I can kind of tell this person doesn't like me for some reason. And then later, you know, they'd be like, yeah, like, you know, they, they really don't like you and, or they think that you're a gimmick or, you know, and often what it has to do with is that that person has not been successful. You know, sure. or there, maybe there's something wrong with their face, um, or <laughs> something not, that people don't want to look at them, or something. And and they, you know, they maybe they missed the 1980s boat or something. Yeah. And they see, you know, here comes Mrs. Smith getting all this attention. And is it because I uh, perhaps look unusual for this world? That is part of it, but I think you know, the, the brands that endorse me, um, and the people that work with me have all said, if you were just strumming bar chords and not playing the way you play, then there wouldn't be anything to hold our interest. And so that keeps me going, because sometimes, you know, if, uh, you know, what uh, you also have to put up with bad internet comments. And if you're in the wrong mood, I'll tell you what, when I go onto my YouTube now, I make sure to check in and I say, All right, what time is it? Are you going to bed soon? Because if you encounter a bad comment, it will, I will, and if you're in the wrong mood or you haven't had something to eat that day or you're tired, or you're just feeling like, why am I bothering to do any of this? And then you see some comment that's like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And it really can cut through. It really can. You've got to have a thick skin, but it, but people, the people who make these comments, I had a fan the other day on my Instagram where I posted a little skit of me doing a funny little dramatic speech. And he wrote, um, I wish he would just play guitar. And I I went off on him. I said, since the beginning of this, I have played music. I have done comedy and observations and cats. And if you don't get that by now, if you,
1: it's not me, there's not enough guitar playing on Instagram. There's too much yeah exactly exactly there's enough people just playing guitar well, that, that again that comes full circle to what we talked about earlier and that, that that's there's no personality here's a person playing guitar there, there, why do i like this person you know we just recently lost lost, uh, blah, lost roy clark and oh, awesome. well
2: he's like my you know like my brother-in-law i mean he's an about- idol uh, talk about humor and music. And there were people who say the same thing. Well, I think the humor over, upstaged his talent. No, it doesn't. Even, no, it doesn't. That, that is a talent. The humor upstaged Frank Zappa. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It's, that is what that person wished to create. And for you to judge them and compare them to somebody else, is it's a great violation of that person's soul. Because I'm doing what I do. And I'll tell you what, a, a friend of mine early on, um, A supporter came to see my show at Joe's Pub, and he said, "Well, it's like a cabaret show. It's a comedy show. It's not just like a rock show, shredding show." And I said, "No. If you come to see Mrs. Smith at a club, it's not going to be like going to see Joe Satriani. I'm not going to play guitar for two and a half hours. I'm going to be do comedy. I'm going to talk to the audience. I'm going to sing. I'm going to play. There's going to be funny videos." There's, it's going to be a whole experience, and that's because I'm doing what I do and what I like to do, just like Buckethead.
0: Right. I I totally appreciate that. I'm glad to hear that you that you're so into that side of things. I think what you said uh, about there being too many guitar players on Instagram, I absolutely agree with you. Not everybody needs to be featured on Instagram. I mean, I you have to have something to say, not just. Speaking out of turn and running your mouth,
1: yeah, exactly. I think that that would be like asking. I mean, so I'm young and or old enough, I should say, to have seen Eddie Van Halen in the 70s when Van Halen was still new, and um, you know, all of us were rushing out to oh my god, this guy is he's incredible. And um, if I saw Van Halen and Eddie Van Halen didn't run around and kick his feet in the air, or I saw Angus Young and he didn't duck walk. Or I saw, you know, and, and you know, wearing the, the schoolboy outfit, <clears throat> or I saw um, yeah, if you King saw them Floyd not being and himself. Roger Waters wasn't pissed off. I mean, I just don't know if that would be the same thing. I'd be like, this isn't, this isn't them. This is just, I could listen to a recording and get this. Exactly. So, uh,
0: we're nearing the end of our allotted time. Um
2: with that, well I hope I didn't you know go off too much. What?
0: No. No, it was fantastic. No. <laughs> no. Love having you. You you are welcome back whenever you like. I'm hoping you can get to the Chicago area so that I can get there. Oh, is
2: that where you boys are? are? You both in Chicago? I'm in
0: Chicago. He's actually in Virginia Beach.
2: Okay. Yes, well we should talk Dave because um I was trying to book a gig at the Empty Bottle. Um, which a friend of mine recommended. He thought that would be a good venue for me. But then I also thought the the, the dugout is that what it's called? Or the yeah, ba- I've heard of this
0: play. I've heard of the dugout.
2: Yeah, man, we uh, we've got to figure that out because I've got friends there, and there's um I've got like you know between the the guitar fans and I my 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 fans and friends in the LGBT community that want to come out and see it. So we got to find some kind of cool venue, and then I'll I'll fly out there and we'll do it.
0: Yeah, actually, my wife may be able to recommend a, a place where where you could go. So, um, okay, she, she's done some stuff in in the city. Actually, probably more in the city than I have. So, um, but yeah, course, I'm, for sure, uh, Jim can give you my information and, and be willing to you know recommend some places. So,
1: and of course, down here in Virginia Beach in the in the um, summertime, that it, there are tons. Well, and you get tons. to New York
0: quite a bit, Jim. You you might be able to go see. Uh, I do, but, yeah, but I think that, native I environment. Think that,
1: yeah, I think that Mrs. Smith would work real well at the beach, um, especially in the summer. I mean, there's so <laughs> many things that go on. I'm serious. I'm, I mean, the Calypso, and of course, you got the. Um, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to you because I've got I've got friends in New York City while well, on Long Island that um, come down here for summer gigs. Um, so, <clears throat> those are things that um, that would be that would be really cool. I mean you know if you were if you were game for coming down to the south for a bit it gets hot down here and that's why i ask. cuz people who are from the north when they get down here my my brothers for example cannot stand it in the south in the, in the summer. they they have a hard time coming down here in the winter when it's in the 50s it's swampy huh swamp yeah. <laughs> it is it is wet and it is sticky i recommend you bring the guitar that you don't mind gets a little humid for a while. Well, that's why I use the, the finger ease or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, oh,
2: thank you, boys, so much for having me on. This was an absolute pleasure. I hope it was helpful, yeah. and I hope everyone Absolutely. will check out uh, WorldOfSmith.com and my EP and merch. You can get that at MrsSmithMerchNow.com, and I'm sure you'll put all the links and all that.
0: Yes, stuff. it'll all be in the uh, the show notes.
1: As well and man. um
0: yeah and it'll it'll live there in you know in perpetuity and uh if there's anything you want to add uh special to the show notes, you can shoot it off the gym and i'll make sure that it gets up there
1: perfect thank
2: you so much
0: with with that being said i've been david i've been jim and
2: oh i've been mrs meow
0: <laughs> and we have been the practical guitarists
1: yes we have